we continue with Mile High Magazine. Here's your host, Adam Morgan. Each month on Saturday afternoons, members of the Colorado Black Health Collaborative can be seen visiting local area barbershops and beauty salons, conducting conversations on health education. The organization has been successfully utilizing this form of outreach to encourage healthier living, principally among Denver's African-American community. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. The Collaborative recently launched FLOW, F-L-O-W, to support wellness surrounding cardio-heart health. They conduct a quarterly forum series on health-related topics that are open to all and a pertinent series supporting better healthy living among African-American women. However, with all of this work and positive outreach, are we seeing any improvement in health disparities in the community? Well, to find out. On this edition, we connect with two of the principal founders of the Colorado Black Health Collaborative, Dr. Terry Richardson and Ms. Thelma Craig. I think that um, with our activities and getting involved and engaging the community, the community is coming out. They're coming out to our events. We had a block party last year. We had over 800 guests. We have forums. We have an average of 90 guests. So people are coming out. They're interested. People are calling in to our office and, you know, really tapping into our websites to see what we're doing and how we're doing it. And so I think people are really becoming interested in what we're doing. I'm really excited about that because that's what we want. We, We started out mobilizing the community. You know, our mission was to mobilize the community, inform them about health disparities, and really start working on that. And so I think that they are. In this, these 10 years, I think we've we've accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. Thelma Craig, are people calling um, at one time the uh, the uh, CBHC was doing a guide to black doctors mm-hmm. and resources. Mm-hmm. Are people still calling you looking for resources so they can better take care of themselves? Absolutely. We have a resource directory online. That features a lot of um, black doctors, black dentists, black health professionals, but we ha- also have a um, a resource directory online that talk about some of the community resources that, where people can get involved and really be active with healthy eating and, and active living. So, yes, we have those resources still available. We want to enhance those resources, you know, as time go on. But, yes, people are calling in, checking out our website, and really um, looking at the uh, resources that we have available to them and calling in and asking us personally. Where are are the sources? Where are the doctors? Where are the black uh, resources that really serve people with um, black people in mind? Dr. Richardson, are people still complaining that I know I need to do it and I should do it, but it's too hard to do and I know I should get it done and they're not taking action? Are you still hearing that kind of stuff from folks? We're still hearing that some, but we actually are proud to say that due to our efforts, some people have stopped smoking, they've started walking more. I really think that the black community is really embracing health more, moving it up on the priority list. Maybe it was like number 100 and I think it's moved (laughs) up to at least 50. (laughs) But seriously, I do think that people are embracing health and recognizing that you can do some things at home, like home is a hub. You can do a lot of healthy things in your own environment and um, reduce your risk of heart attack, stroke, diabetes, all the things that continue to plague our community. Continuing to plague our community, uh, what's the number one thing people are challenged with these days, African-Americans challenged with? And at one point it was obesity, another point it was infant mortality. Uh, What's out to get us? What's out to get us is still the cardiovascular disease, and a lot of things kind of feed into that. There's a lot of risk factors such as obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, that all 
increase your risk of heart disease. It still is the number one killer. There's lots of things that people focus in on that are more sexy like HIV, but actually cardiovascular disease is at the top. And that's so the cardiovascular one. disease kills more people than HIV? It definitely does. Yes, it's the number wow. one killer for all groups. And we, of course, have disparities in that area. But it's still the number one killer. It's not as sexy as thinking about some of these other diseases, but that's what's doing it. And it's a preventable disease for the most part. Are most things that we're dealing with preventable? A lot of the things are if you don't smoke, if you become physically active, if you're watching what you're eating, um, I had someone ask me the other day, can I have any ice cream, cookies, or cake at all? <laughs> and I said, you can have some, just not every day and not for every meal. Oh, why not? <laughs> Come on. Jeez, well, see, this health stuff is just so, okay, but I know we have to do it. Velma, at your quarterly forums, you have some unique quarterly forums. You put the, the information there, mm-hmm. but you also have an exercise period and you, ha- you serve lunch, a good, healthy lunch. So you're modeling be- the behavior that the forum is speaking of. Exactly. And usually our forums are on Saturday every quarter. Um, and it's really difficult to get people out on Saturday from 1 to 5, but we make it happen. We um, really try to make it operate in integrity, but really try to be culturally competent. What is it that we would want to do on a Saturday, you know, that's informative, but yet still enjoyment? So we, at between our breaks, we have a uh, a speaker that focus on a topic. You know, we sometimes bring someone in, but we really uh, connect with the content experts to to provide that information. But in the middle of all that talk, we try to find a break where we can dance and we can exercise. You know, of course, the food is there. So those are the things we like to do at our forums. But we also want to provide that information and also get the input from the community about these issues and what they're thinking and what are some of their solutions about some of these health issues and dynamics. So, so we try to, you know, in that four hours on a Saturday, we try to do it all. We try to be fit. We try to provide information. but really try to make it um, culturally competent and culturally um, comfortable for everyone so that we can have fun and learn at the same time. We're into third quarter now. You've had two forums already. What were, to either one of you, what were your first two forums? And uh, I think this month of August, uh, you'll be hitting your third one for the year. Let's just say this was a hot topic year. We needed something really good, and we talked about the opioid crisis was one of the things. Yeah. Some people were wondering, are opiates really a problem for the black community? And so we use it that as That crossed a, my mind as yes, soon as you said that. Yes, mm-hmm. and that crossed everyone's mind. So we don't consider ourselves to be the expert on everything. So we brought in some people from the community that could speak to that issue. And, yes, it is something that we should concern ourselves with. We talked about homelessness. We talked about mental wellness, mental health. And that ties into so much more that we're doing uh, the rest of this year, too, is the uh, mental health piece. We know there's a lot of stigma in general, but there's also a tremendous stigma in the black community. And that's another area where we need to do a lot of education and increase awareness around the impact of that on our community. And you're having a forum uh, this month. Yes, this month's forum is our annual block party. Oh, it's, um, it's a block party. It's, it's just a, a block, well, it's a block it's a, party. It's a block party, but it's in the forum slot. Okay. And what we do, we collaborate and partner with the Mental Health Center of Denver at the 
Dahlia Health and Wellness Campus. They have a beautiful campus. Sure. Uh, and so we'll, we'll um, collaborate with them, but we'll have fun activities, healthy eating activities, but we're also going to address the health insurance literacy. Health insurance literacy. Yes. In other um, words, how to f- read the fine print of the yes, stuff people ex- send to exactly, you. Ex- health insurance. Exactly. A few years ago, there were stats on that. Uh, a large percentage of um, black people, African Americans, have um, health insurance. But but oftentimes it's a challenge to understand the fine print or the benefits. You know, what are my benefits or how to navigate through those systems on um, the health insurance policies. A lot of people have that insurance, but mm-hmm. being aware about what those health insurance policies entail, you know, the time that they um, can enroll. It, it was so confusing in the last couple of years about enrollment. Yeah. So we, we really um, we did an assessment, you know, in the community to see just what are some of the challenges people have around health insurance. Um, knowing about those benefits. And so at this forum, we're actually going to provide some information. Um, we're going to have some people from Connect for Colorado there to talk about um, health insurance and, and know know the time, know your rights, know your benefits. So we're going to address that while we're still having fun and, and being active at this next forum, our block party set for August 25th. Um, 2018. So, but we're going to really have a theme with that, having all this fun. We're going to talk about health insurance. I thought the Affordable Care Act required a lot of health insurance policies and stuff to be written in plain English and and sentence structure so that all of us would have a, you know, we could hunt and peck our way through and know what they're about. Well, just because it is in plain English, we don't always understand the nuances, uh-huh. you know, of what's written, you know, and or know how to tap it or sometimes being afraid to tap into some of those services. We have a lot of fear still around uh, access and health care, you know, and so as a people. So really it's we have to break down some of those un- misunderstandings and really help people, support people in showing them how to navigate those systems, whether it's in fine print or not. It's still a challenge sometimes for people to really uh, understand what what's on paper to tell them about their sh- insurance benefits and how to go about enrolling and when to enroll. So there are still a lot of nuances, but we want to keep the community informed. And so we're going to have information uh, about health insurance so that they'll know at least some of the basics of health insurance. Dr. Richardson Thelma just mentioned that I guess the African-American community still has some issues about going to the doctor and the health industry, and you you have to take care of patients every day. Mm-hmm. Are they walking in there saying, well, I know I'm supposed to be here, but I really don't want to be, and they're afraid of the, the system? There definitely are people that are afraid of the system, and I think uh, I was thinking as Thelma was talking that what you don't know could hurt you because uh, she was mentioning people with insurance don't really necessarily understand what's covered, what's not covered. A lot of people don't understand about some of the preventive tests that they can have. If they do step a toe into the office, they still may not know what their what what's considered prevention and what they can get through their insurance. Some people are afraid to come in. They say they know there's co-pays. Can I afford the co-pays? What's yeah, free? Yeah. What's not free? And and in general, if you think about the history of blacks in America. A lot of things were done to us through the health system, so there's lingering effects of that distrust. And we know that men are are the group that really don't like to come in. Men, so, men, yeah. yeah Even when they have insurance, like, yeah. yeah, you know, show up. <laughs> Is it because men think we're invincible and we were brought up as young boys to be the protectors and strong, and big boys don't cry, so big boys don't go to the doctor either until your legs about to fall apart? 
I think it's a number of different things. I mean, men are oftentimes working during the, the time frames that we have available for them to come into the office. Married men tend to do better because they have somebody to poke them in the back and say, you need to get in there. <laughs> and I think that there is, uh, you know, not to be sexist, but, you know, men still tend to have that macho, I'm great, I'm fine, I go to the gym, there can't possibly be anything wrong with me. And so they, they wonder, why, why should I waste my time and money if, if I know I'm good? Uh, and there are some things we tell them all the time. There's silent disease. Everybody thinks about high blood pressure, but diabetes, you don't have to have any symptoms. If you have prostate cancer, you yeah. don't necessarily have to have symptoms. So it's not that you're going to know when you have disease. I think that's a common fallacy that men and women have that, hey, I'll know when there's something wrong with me. Uh, and that's not true. There's many things, as I was saying, that don't really have symptoms. So that's one reason why you have to get in. And certainly, if you're aware of your body and notice that there's different pains, aches or pains or different sure. things going on, you have to get into the office. No, I thought that because of the incidence of prostate cancer and some high-profile guys have contracted it, that guys, the most men are much more aware of it now and trying to do something about it. You're saying we're still sort of like, I'm not going to talk about it. If I don't have it, I'm not going to do anything. Men still being crazy and not <laughs> taking care of themselves. There's a little bit of uh, co not confusion, but there's different views in the medical community about screening for prostate cancer. At one point, they were saying men really didn't need to be screened even though black men continue to have the high rates of prostate cancer. And so mm -hmm. there's a little bit of confusion saying, well, maybe men don't need to be screened. And so then, of course, who who wants to do uh, screening if you don't have to? But I think now um, more men in Colorado, because of some of the efforts that have happened over the past, know that, that prostate screening probably is something that's good to do, at least up to the age of 70. Yeah, but, but I know the, the, the there was a big controversy about the manual exam versus the uh, the PSA test. Right. And which one was accurate or not accurate. The more important thing that there were some large studies that talked about the death rates were improved by doing prostate screening. A lot of these studies were based on U the European studies. And we know when we say European, the majority of those people were not black. And yeah. so we were extrapolating to say that men didn't really need to have screening based on that, that they really didn't reduce death rates. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know that's not really true for the black population. And there's still some discussion over whether or not a digital rectal exam is needed, uh, digital rectal plus the blood test, or do you just need the blood test? So I've actually been trying to do a little background research on that myself to see what really is needed. Yeah. For now, I think we are doing but the But the bottom line rectal. is that guys yeah. have to go out and get something. They have to go out and get something. if they're Every if other they're, year or something? Well, it depends on what their numbers show. Yeah. If their numbers are low, they can go every other year. If their numbers are higher, you may have to follow them more often than that. Dr. Terry Richardson and Ms. Thelma Craig, leaders of the Colorado Black Health Collaborative, are our guests on this edition. Additional insight to the organization's activities or to assist can be located online at coloradoblackhealth.org. We will continue our conversation with them on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And we thank you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.